Welcome to the Kick-Ass Life Podcast. I'm Elle Russ, the author of two books, Confident as Fuck and The Paleothyroid Solution. And I'm Tara Garrison, a training and nutrition expert. Elle and I are empowerment coaches dedicated to helping you create a kick-ass life. So subscribe to our podcast and tune in every week where Tara and I are going to cover a variety of topics and content designed to help you raise your expectations and then meet them. To learn more about us, visit our websites, coachtaragarrison.com and lrust.com and follow us on social media. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hey guys. All right. Welcome to this episode. This one is about dating. Um, this is a fun one. I, so little background, my history, I was married for 13 years, but before that basically didn't date at all. I got married when I was 20 years old. It was the first guy I dated in college, married him. Right. And so then <laughs> after being married for 13 years, it was like, here you go, girlfriend. And yeah, I wound up in a very unhealthy relationship. And then, then it's been like regular dating after that. So I have found a, a very interesting experience and L, you know, L, you've been dating for a minute. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to start with, it's been like, okay, so I'm one of the earliest daters probably on planet <laughs> Earth. So I grew up in downtown Chicago, which is not to excuse, but like when you grow up in a major city like that, we were all starting to have sex at age 13. Wow. Wow. 13. Wow. That's like eighth grade. That's end of eighth grade going into, <clears throat> to, excuse my voice. Hold on one second. Sorry about this. So sorry, my voice is a little off today. Um, so we, uh, you know, it, it was just sort of common, like that wasn't a weird thing. So by the yeah. time I got to college and everyone was like, woohoo, drinks and boning. And I was like, uh, we've been doing that for like, right. I, was, I was like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. So, so you have some experience and insights there and I'm excited to get into them because like, man, this has been a journey for me for sure. So what we're going to do is we're doing two episodes here. In this first episode, we're going to talk about like mindset, the mindset piece around dating, like getting clear on what you want and little things that could trip you up along the way and just things to be aware of. I definitely learned. I'm like, I wish somebody had given me this episode. <laughs> I really yeah. needed that, especially coming out of my divorce. Like I had no idea. I was like, Oh, just wing it. It'll be awesome. Oh, no, it wasn't awesome. And I've learned a lot along the way. And I've gone through a huge transformation actually dating. I can't wait to get, get into this a little more because dating has been a wonderful mirror to me on where I'm at. So we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, and our second episode is going to be more on like the mechanicals a mechanical aspect of dating of like getting on dating apps and then at the actual date experience and all of that. So first let's jump into our mindset around dating. And I think a good place to start is getting clear with what you want, right? Cause like everything, we don't do this. We're just like la di da di da and some loser dude <laughs> comes along and he's like, wow, well, <laughs> you're chick. pretty. And yeah, we're and you're like, I am, I didn't know I was pretty. Let's get married. I mean, <laughs> okay. So let's, let's back it up. What, what, what do you think is a worthwhile way, you know, for somebody to get clear on what they want in dating? I would say, well, let's just break it down to the first basic, which is before you decide the kind of person you want, there's so many ways to go into looking at that. Let's talk about yourself. Like, are you still struggling mm -hmm. with sexual identity? Are there still some things that are confusing there? Don't be bringing that into a relationship. Get that shit worked out, right? There's no mm -hmm. shame in it. But like, again, you know, right. that, that's going to end up in despair. If you're really gay and you're so ashamed of it and you're in a relationship, you know, whether you have a beard and you're gay, it doesn't matter. That is going to cause problems. So as clear as you can get about who you are, like just your sexuality, because that's the thing right now. People are confused or they're not For sure. sure. So I would say, hey. You know, if you're having any kind of confusion on where you are there, please seek out some guidance and advice to help guide you on what it is that you want or, or you know, what what you're looking for there. So that's just a very, like, intro level, right? Like, yeah. that's the yeah, base. That's the, that's the baseline. Yeah. Um, because, look, I mean, I know I've known people who've married people and then, you know, 20 years in, they're like, I'm gay. And it's like, really? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Like, and they knew it. You know, so don't mm -hmm. be that guy. Don't be that girl. And I also have known it the other way. I've had, uh, you know, known someone whose wife left them because they were truly gay and they never really acknowledged it, but they knew the whole time. So again, you know, as clear as you mm -hmm. get on who you are and what you want, sexual, you know, your sexuality, just your, your, your identification is probably the best way to start. And then I would say, <laughs> here's the thing. So let's say you're 20 years old and you're watching this. What I wanted at 20 and what I thought I knew <laughs> I won is very different than being in my, you know, in my 40s. Yep. So look, you're going to learn. 
right? Mm -hmm. You're going to learn this stuff. So no matter where you're at, it could change. And relationships is a reflection of us. It is a mirror. It is a part of growing. So I always start with like, um, okay, this is kind of my blanket because you could have, you could meet a guy, Tara, that has everything in common with you. You like to do mm -hmm. all the same stuff. You mm -hmm. like all the same music. You like all the same food. I mean, you could just be like perfectly compatible that way. However, this is what I've really figured out over the years through all, and I've almost been married a couple of times and I've lived with guys. I've been in like about four or five very serious relationships over the years. And I would say that the biggest thing, if I could just put an overall is, you have to like and admire the way the person thinks about things and the world, the way they operate. So that doesn't matter what it is, because that could be politics, religion. It doesn't matter what the categories are. You have to look at that person and be like, I like the way they look at things, right? right? You know, if someone's blown up in the car during traffic and are rude to waitresses or whatever, I mean, and if you're cool with that, like, whatever, then that's your guy because you like the way they look at the world, right? So mm -hmm. that's what I have found because you can have all these things in common and you can have attraction and all of this stuff. But if you're looking at this other person and you're just like, you know, you want to be able yeah. to admire and, and like the way someone thinks about things. And that takes time to get to know, to see people in environments and how they react, how they react to stressful things. This takes getting to know someone and you can usually find out and you will within the first three months of dating someone. Yeah, man, that's a wonderful point. That's really insightful. And it brought to my mind while you're saying that I think another thing is, you know, because I've done this, these like these lists or these qualities, and it's it's a it's a good thing to do, you know, to I have really dig in. But one thing I've I learned in that process, too, was um, to look at that list, make your list, just freaking make it right. These are all the things that I'm looking for in my ideal partner. And then examine that list to see if any of those things are filling a hole that you have in yourself. Right. So is it like they're very affectionate or loving or, you know, those kind of things? It's like, you know, pause to ask yourself, like, is the reason I feel I need that in someone else because I don't give that to myself enough? No, that's not what it is. I just enjoy that. Okay, cool. But I think it's a worthwhile like uh, self-examination because I think sometimes we can prioritize things that we're looking for in other people to fill a void that we see in ourselves. And so, you know, when you have like, when that's free, when that's clear, when that's out, when you fill your own cup completely, now you can be like, wow, like I just super enjoy this person's presence. I super enjoy the way they see the world. Like this is fun. This is cool. Like, and then you get out of this neediness place, right? Cause I, de <laughs> I definitely didn't do that. I definitely had all sorts of needs and low self-esteem and that's what wound me up in like a crazy, crazy controlling manipulative relationship where I was pleasing and out of my power. And like, you know, it was terrible. And it's because I hadn't, I didn't, I just didn't know. I didn't know this stuff. I and you ignored your no gut because you couldn't, you couldn't define it, but you ignored it. And right? that's your thing too, right? No matter what, True. if it don't feel right, it's not right. I don't care if the guy's got everything on the thing or whatever. There's something there. You, you notice something, yep. you just couldn't yep. wrap your head around it. And you were new. My gosh, most people out of long marriages who are back in the dating scene fall into things like this. This is just yep. like, you were primed for that experience. I was, I was. Everybody is, right? Mm -hmm. um, I Also too, when you're looking at, the qualities you want in another person. This was, so I, I used a book and we'll talk about a couple of books here. I used a book called Calling in the One by Catherine Woodward Thomas, which is a really great book. And it's a seven week thing. You're supposed to do it once a week, but you can just read it through and asking yourself these questions that she has you ask. And it really brought me in like the perfect mate that had everything on my list. But, and like I talk about this in my book, Confident as Fuck, I had not cleaned up my shame about my disability. I was not vulnerable and emotionally available and I attracted an emotional robot and we were at the perfect relationship and everything was great except for that. That was the biggest deal breaker. I wasn't willing to live the rest of my life with no one being able to turn over to me before bed and going, I love you or expressing words mm -hmm. of appreciation. But I was a freaking robot, right? Mm -hmm. So so again, if you're looking for someone in something, are you that too? And mm -hmm. you might need to consider that. Now that might not be equal like, well, I want someone to provide for me, but you know, I don't make it as much. That's fine. There's certain dynamics and especially straight relationships like it. That's not necessarily we have to be equal. I think you have to be equal vibrationally on, on those kind of things that you're looking for. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like if you want someone mm -hmm. who's affectionate, are you two are near you willing to give that back? Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had an experience. I have so many great dating experiences. <laughs> so I'm really I had one 
where I showed up to the date and the guy wasn't even the person of the photo he posted, like completely. Oh my gosh, yeah. you did. I've had that. Like, oh, he, well, and he ran into the wrong person because I read him the right <laughs> act. But I had a guy I was on a date with, I was on a second or third date with, and he like picked me up and we parked somewhere and he put a handicap thing in the mirror. And I was like, what are you? Oh, wow. And he says, well, I had like, you know, an injury like a couple years ago and it's fine now, but I keep renewing it so I can get the parking. And I see to me, people aren't listening to this i'm holding up my middle finger that tells you everything about a person right i don't want right. to be that that right i look at that i don't like the way that person thinks about the world right that's right. A great that, it, and that's that gut moment that you're talking about like mm -hmm. yeah i'm definitely gonna listen to that because i stuff like that would happen when i wasn't listening to my gut and i would be like that's weird but let me make him feel comfortable right now and please and ha 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 oh I totally get it but inside I'm like there's no check-in with myself of like ew like you know it's like admitting those feelings I was not experienced with that and I think you know this brings to mind another thing that I, I noticed um, that I've noticed a lot in the dating world something that I used to play into I used to fall for this I used to this used to be flirting to me and it's this negging thing right so when and I I think guys do this more than women but guys will do this thing where they, they tease you to flirt with you, right? They make fun of you to flirt with you. And I got seriously, gym culture rampant. This is like the number one thing <laughs> gym bros do to, to hit on chicks is they will come make fun of you and tease you. And I used to be in this very powerless place where I would do this. Oh, he, 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 he. And then now we're flirting. Now we're talking. Now when guys do that, Turn now off. that I have found more power <laughs> in myself, I'm like, I see straight through you. <laughs> I see straight through you. It's not attractive to me because I have that self-respect for myself. And so when they don't give that to me, I'm like, excuse you, you know, and that shows me a lot of where I've come. And I think that this is something that I see, you know, it's become, I thought about it really truly. And I was like, gosh, I bet like, you know, the guy who's doing it and the girl who's receiving it, like they both do this to themselves a lot. Probably it's this negative, this negative, um, joking to kind of cover up pain. It's become like a habit, but I've noticed like, especially for girls, like women, if some guy comes up to you and he makes fun of you, don't do the <laughs> like don't embrace that as like a fun flirty moment just stand up for yourself and see how he handles it <laughs> just so you know there are books written for guys on how to go up and like backhand compliments so for example there's a book where it's like this is this would be the strategy you go up to a girl and you're like wow tara you're really really pretty i mean you're not like model pretty but you're really pretty oh wow and wow. again, here's the thing. If you're ever feeling that you that need to do want to punch him, I seriously like the, the punch author? reflex. Yeah, in. absolutely. <laughs> but here's the thing. It works on people who shouldn't be in a relationship because you haven't figured your shit out for yourself right. and your self-worth. And let's get wow. back to clarity for a second. So, so people might be like, uh, you know, well, I want to be married and what kind of expert are you? You know, you're not married, whatever. You haven't found what you're looking Well, here's the thing. I never wanted kids since I was three years old, okay? This was very problematic in my 20s and 30s because every guy was like, I don't know, maybe, I don't think so, I'm not sure. Well, guess what? They all ended up having kids. So that would have been the deal breaker anyway and it mm -hmm. became a deal breaker. I wasn't clear. I was clear. In my body, mm -hmm. in my mm -hmm. in my soul, I knew 99.9% .9 I didn't want children yet. I was, right. you know, social pressures. Yeah. Oh, you'll wait yep. one day, you'll want them. Oh, you know, maybe. And this was didn't work because I'd get into relationships with guys that I would say they kind of wanted kids someday, mm -hmm. maybe not. But again, wasn't mm -hmm. clear. Now, in your 20s and 30s, not a lot of people are clear. When you get to 40, people have either had their freaking kids or at least at this age, they know when they want them or not. I didn't feel mm -hmm. like I could really get to the point of finding my guy until I was 40. Do you know what I'm saying? In, mm -hmm. in a way, just because of that. So right. you got to be clear about that too. And on the converse, if you want children and you meet a guy and he's like, I don't, I, I'm, I don't really want... Listen to that. People will tell right. you who you are. You're not going to convince a guy that he wants kids. I was just talking to a guy the other day and he was saying, you know, that he meets these women. And even though he says, like, I already have kids, I'm totally done. Like, there's no way I'm having kids. Mm -hmm. They'll, like, try to, like, well, don't, you know what I mean? No, no. If and you want kids, you thing. want someone that was born. Like, I have my male friends that have kids. <laughs> exactly. They want kids. They love kids. They've wanted kids since high school. They knew it. Exactly. I'm like, do you want to convince the future father of your children that he wants your children? <laughs> right. That's how you want to start that out? No, no. So like, it's like, I, I really, you know, I've thought about this a lot because being Mormon and that's such a strong pressure in my background of 
you have kids. This is, it's truly the number, the number one, it is the purpose of women. It is the calling of women. The number one thing you can do with your life is have children. And I really, you know, I've been vulnerable and open about this because I really had to process that when I left Mormonism, because growing up, I did not want kids. Oh, really? Personally, I did not want kids. Nope. And I was in high school, you know, and all my Mormon friends at church, you know, they'd say like, where do you see yourself in five years? And they're all like planning out their wedding and their babies. And I, I literally, my soul was like, ew, no, like that is like the last thing I want to do. You know, I was like, I want to go have a career. I'm going to be living in Columbia as like the ambassador. You know, I was like totally career focused. And I was like, yeah, and then I'll have, then I'll have kids, you know? So like, being in that environment though, over so many years, it was just like, dude, this is what you do. This is the right thing to do. This is what God wants me to do. And this is what I'm going to do. So when I, so I had four, I have four kids. And when I left Mormonism, I went through a crisis and I've talked to other moms, you know, that left Mormonism. They've open, been open with me that they went through the same thing because they're like, wow, like I made these life decisions based off that framework that I was in that was kind of out of alignment with what I actually wanted to do. Whoa, how do I make sense of this now? And I had to go on a real deep discovery journey of that and understanding that it was very healing, understanding truly kind of this Byron Katie principle of loving what is and understanding that everything happens for us and not to us. And it was the, I now, now that that's been healed, like, I'm like, they bring so much into my life that I would, I mean, there's no freaking, I mean, no one would trade no their one would ever trade them, back. Yeah. Had them, you know, it's just like, but I can <laughs> see the wisdom and I see the wisdom in that life path for me. But, um, you know, I going through that whole crisis though, going through that experience, I realized, you know, like people really need to have the freedom and from a society standpoint to be parents or not to be, I, I feel like some people are naturally wired this way. They freaking love it. They, you know, I know a lot of people here in Utah have like seven kids, you know, that's like common here. They totally. love it. They love it. That's all they want to do. That's all, that's their whole world. And then there's other people that are like, dude, that's not an alignment for me. Like I, that, that does not even come close to interesting me it being interesting to me. And it's like, why can't we allow this? Yeah. Why so don't we- check off a box people. That's really yeah. the, And that's the thing that I never did that I'm happy I didn't, because right. I tell you what, even though if I had a child here, of course, no one's going to, no, no one's going to say they're going to take back their kids or what but at the end of the day you know I actually have met lots of people who through social construction you can tell they got the married and kids because thought that was right and they're not really enjoying it you could tell they would take it back if they could go back in time they they would and you don't want to be there and again yeah. not that they're in regret every day they see their child they love them but you can tell they're longing and living vicariously through their single friends wishing they hadn't but they were pressured by family religion or whatever yeah. so yeah. get clear Absolutely. about the kids thing and if yep. you're not then be honest that you're not clear you know I mean I always used to be like pretty sure no but like I don't know. I'm leaving right. a little window open, but the window was only open because I got social construction. You know, I had people say to me like, "You're not having, like you don't have kids, isn't that selfish?" I was like, "I'm sorry, it's selfish to bring kids into this world in an overpopulated. Like, that's selfish, <laughs> you know, to some degree. Like, if anything, I'm helping out. But at the end of the day, like, no, it's not because. Um, and by the way, I've worked with kids my whole life, and I love them, and that's probably one. Right. Of, you know, I mean, so I love. I mean, you could give me your four. I would have so much fun. You just be like, hey, I want to come to my house for a week while my vacation take form. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> it would, that would be so much fun for me. Yeah. So I love yeah. them. It's not that I'm not maternal and don't love babies and kids. I didn't want them for myself, but I would love to marry someone that does have children. I'm okay right. with both. Like I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So get clear about that, and then also I would say. And I, I don't know if you have more on kids because I was going to move on to something else. But. Well, just dating when you have kids that, right? you know, also like get really clear on stuff ahead of time. I did not do that. So we get really clear on like, okay, what am I okay with from a timeline standpoint of how long I'm going to date before I introduce this person to my kids? Um, get really clear on when you start dating them. Like it, like ask them honestly how they feel about the fact that you have, I have four kids that is a kind of a big deal, you know? And I, I've had some guys that it's been really interesting because I had a huge insecurity about this. So at first I was like, Oh my gosh, no one's going to want to like be with me forever. I got four kids. Like this is such a huge thing. Um, and I had a couple of guys that I dated that you could tell truly, like it was not an issue for them. They were like, dude, I, that is, 
I do not care. Like that is not an issue for me at all. I love kids. Like whatever, like that's not a thing. And then I've dated guys where you could tell it was a thing. It's like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that's a lot. That's not what I was planning on, but like, let me see, you know, and, and I get that, but I think, you know, understanding that there's going to be other people out there that are welcoming to the fact, in fact, I'm in a place now where I don't, I kind of rather date someone who does already have kids because, um, there's a certain compassion that comes in. So, but just be, but be clear about it, you know, understand like what, what you want and what you're okay with and having those boundaries and also know like your kids are not a, um, they're not a uh, downside <laughs> when you're dating, when you have, like, I definitely lived in that reality of like, oh, this is going to like, you know, this is a burden. And I, and I am in such a like F that place now. I'm like, no, this is my life. And if you want to be part of this with me, like, like we're all going to have to adapt to that too. Like we're not just <laughs> some burden. So like, if that's not, if that's not cool and exciting and awesome for you, like we're good, we're good here, you know? And so I think getting really clear about, um, what you, what you want and what you expect and how your kids, you know, this is a process for them too. And then also saying, coming into it in confidence, knowing that if somebody doesn't want to date you because you have kids, please don't date the them. God, damn it. Jeez. Don't date them. God. Don't try to please them and bleh, please God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so marriage, same thing. So I want to be married for now. If you're talking to someone or you, you hear someone on the profile and they're like, you know, or you're talking on the phone and they're, I've had people be like, Oh, never getting married again. Guess what? Shut it down. It's never going to happen. You're not going to convince that guy. Move <laughs> on. It. It's the same with the kids. Yeah. It's the same with the kids. Um, get clear Even about what you want lives. with that. Like, do you want, because here's the thing. What you'll do is you'll, you'll like sell your soul to be like, well, I don't need the piece. Like this is what guys will say. They'll be like, well, I mean, like I miss being married, but like, I don't need the piece of paper. That's not too much of a red flag, but it still is a flag. It's like, no, mm -hmm. you want someone that wants the same thing. Yeah. You, right. You have to have the same future goals. You know? Right. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean, if you want to travel the world and be single, then like, yeah, you're not going to be settling down. You know what I mean? We'll talk later, uh, you know, in the second episode about like details and profiles and what people write and how you can detect certain things from what they say. But these are the kind of things when people are like, well, I just don't think you need a piece of paper to have a, okay, well, guess what? That guy's not marriage material. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you've been divorced, you get burned. You're pretty burned on marriage for a while. And I fully admit I get it. I'm still I'm still kind of in that place. I'm and there like, there are a lot of people there and that's that's dude. okay to be there. You <laughs> yeah. don't need to get married again. Like there's no mm -hmm. there, there's no problem with that. Right. But again, get kind of clear about where you are. And if you're mm -hmm. unclear, at least be honest about being unclear. Like, hey, right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure right. yet. Like, while well, I value it and I was married at one point, I'm not sure. But at least you're just being honest and transparent, and that's all that you can do. Don't try to acquiesce or fit your story yes. to match some cute guy because you're getting attention. And right. um the next one I'll say, and this is like a real hot topic for me, <clears throat> the only difference between you and me, me and a guy friend, and our friends and partners is sex. It's the only difference. I don't F my friends. You don't either, right? Okay. Right. So that's the difference between friendships and love partnerships. Mm -hmm. It is a very important factor. You have to know where you stand there. So my first thing would be like, all right, look, do you have some issues sexually you need to deal with? Like, were you molested? Do you have some issues anyway with like any kind of issues there? Like, hey, go work them out. Go work them out first. Get, you know, you'll, you still have mm -hmm. to work stuff out through relationships, but like get some therapy, get some coaching around these right. things that you might be dealing with there. The other thing too is like, how's your libido? Be honest with yourself. Right. Okay. Right. And this one really gets me because so I, and by the way, this is guys and girls too, because mm -hmm. not all guys have raging libidos either. Okay. And there's right. people with broken D's out there too. God bless them. <laughs> but listen. Like that is, um, this is a real serious thing because couples fight over sex and money. End of story, period. Those are the two yep. categories. If yep. I hear one more married guy brag about having sex with his wife, I'm going to jump off a bridge. Guess what? It's marital duty for a reason it was called that. You are, that is, you're a deal breaker. You broke that deal. So don't be the person that's all sexual and then you get the ring on your finger and now you're going to blow off your husband. That is cruel. And I feel the same way about a guy and I've been in those relationships too. You don't want to be in a relationship where you have to go masturbate in the bathroom because you're constantly getting rejected for sex. No, no. Right. So and it, it's person... important to me, but it may not be important to you. Then you need to meet someone who is also doesn't care as much. But you have to get that straight. I know people that have been married for 20 years and never was right from the beginning. They continued on. They're still not getting it. It's lacking in their life. This is a disaster. This is a yeah. disaster. And it's, by the way, it's really unfair. I consider it very mean. Like, that's the deal. Like, if you're my girlfriend, like, that's the deal we made because we're lovers. So I shouldn't be rejected for sex. 
unless you have the flu, someone died, we're on a 20, you know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. short of like life ex- experiences, even if I didn't feel like it, I love my guy. And if I just like, you know, whatever, I am a period or I'm a crown, whatever, if short of flu and other stuff, I would still want to please my man because that's what you do when you love someone. So you got to get straight with your sexuality. I know that's a bad way to phrase that but you just got to get clear about that and work through it if mm-hmm. you want a better libido work on it and if you don't have one you're not that interested in then you might need to consider like honestly this is the way I, I just look at it like this is the deal you made with your partner so I just hear too many times and I've seen it too many times over my lifetime where like everyone's like well my wife used to give me BJ's you know when, and then we got engaged and then when we got married stopped and then like asked her like Hey, what's up? That used to happen. And she's like, I don't know. You know, I just, I'm not in, like, I don't know. It was a phase. You know what? I'm sorry. That is not acceptable to me. That is trickery. That is trickery. To me, my, my, my perspective on this is like, what is going on? Why don't you have libido? Now it may be a physiological issue. It may be, you may have like really low testosterone or, you know, poor gut health or poor mental health or something that's really physiologically affecting your libido. But come on now, let's talk about the emotional stuff. What is going on there? And this is the thing. Like I, so, um, with my ex-husband, I definitely, there were so many times, like I did not want to have sex, but like, there was like literally nothing I wanted to do less (laughs) than have sex with him many, many times. And it was an issue in our marriage, but you know, what was going on was he was being super cruel to our children and super rude to me Not and disrespectful. Attractive. And like the last thing I'm feeling is attracted to him in that moment. Legit. But, but I wasn't doing anything about it. So like that's on me. That's the part where it was like really truly. I, I mean, I look back at it kind of I see the innocence there. Like I didn't know. I was just like, I guess I just don't I don't know. I guess I just don't like sex, which is like, Not oh, true. guess what happened after I got out of that relationship <laughs> that was unhealthy? Oh, surprise. I totally have a sex drive. <laughs> like definitely. And so like that for me I, was a was a really beautiful. Uh, it was kind of an indicator that something's really going on here. If you don't have a sex drive, guys, like that is a one of the number one indicators of health. So if you don't have a sex drive, there is either something physiological or emotional going on that you must deal with for your own health. So yes. Yeah, and, like, and by the way, on that note too, if you have erectile dysfunction and you're a guy, do not lie about it to a woman. Don't think you're going to be able to get away with popping a Viagra on the sly <laughs> because look, actually, this has happened before. Um, someone tried to, someone tried to trick me on that one. I was like, how long was I going to keep that up for? Pun intended. Um, so, but here's the thing they knew with the real, the reason it was so deceiving is that we had a big talk about this kind of like we're having now on like a fourth date or something. We had some really intimate conversations and I said, sexual, I told like how important sex was to me and that, and that I didn't want anyone who had any issues in the bedroom. He right there should have been like, I have erectile dysfunction. But he, again, hit it to try to, and then how do you think that worked out? It didn't. And that's cruel because that's leading me on in a direction. I actually had a, and these are like young, healthy guys. I had another conversation with someone and I'm glad that it was like a, we'd gone out a couple times and then we had like a a deep conversation once. And uh, I bring it, I, I bring it, I bring these things up, you know, in conversations like, hey, how do you feel about this? And it was revealed that he his last two wives left him because of sexual intimacy issues. And I said, hey. You're like, I got to go, actually, because this is just a waste of time beyond this moment. <laughs> totally. But I was, first of all, I was really, I said, oh, my God, first of all, thank you for sharing this. It's a really weird discussion. I know it's a vulnerable thing. It's awkward, but I, this is really cool. We're being open. And I said, here's the thing. I am the worst choice for you then. I am the, the worst choice answer. for you. And and he tried to fight it. He was like, well, and this, <laughs> I'm laughing now because he said, he goes, he goes, well, I mean, like, I want to snuggle and like hold hands with you. I'm like, yeah, I want that fucking too. I just need both of them. I'm yeah, not going to take one yeah. or the other, bro. And stop trying to convince me as a highly sexual woman that somehow, and by the way, he wasn't willing to take testosterone. He wasn't willing to do anything about it biologically mm. in that kind of way. Mm. And my thing is, is that if I'm with a guy and Here's the, the way I look at it. My philosophy is, this is my personal philosophy, is that 
I want a person who, when they get to a certain age, if they start losing interest for some reason, they're going to go to 500 doctors to figure out why and get it back because they love <laughs> sex so much, they're bummed they don't want it anymore. And that's how yeah. I am. That's how right. I am. And so right. I need a person who, like, this is a very important part of life. By right. the way, 80% of the success of relationships are the sexual connection. Mm-hmm. It's a huge factor. So this is like such a big thing. You got to know where you stand. Um, and also, let's say you are really unsexual. Well, then, if you want to be in a relationship with someone who's sexual, like you're gonna have to, then you're gonna have to participate, like willingly and and, and lovingly. And maybe maybe it's more of a gift. You're, I don't care what it is, but it's not gonna work out usually unless both mm-hmm. parties are on the same page. And. And that goes back to your first point too, of you got to get to know yourself and your sexuality, not your, just your sexual orientation, but like what turns you on, what you like, like what yeah. you've got to freaking touch yourself. You've got to f- explore yourself. You've got to see what, what qualities really turn you on and which ones are healthy. What's a healthy turn on, right? Like, cause you know, I've been in relationships where it's just sex. It's just, it was just not, I was not in a healthy place and, and I've been in a healthier place where it's freaking beautiful. Right. And so like, what does that look like? What does freaking beautiful sex look like to mm-hmm. you? What What is that to you? Like identifying these things ahead of time. So then when you find it, you can celebrate it instead of just being like, oh, I guess this is awesome. You know, like, so I think identifying, know what you're looking for, know what you value, you know, and know so what your limits you are, it. you know, like I had a friend mm-hmm. who met someone that was very like, he wanted to be a dom. He wanted a submissive. He was very into the BDSM stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that power play. And <laughs> that seems like it would go really well with you. <laughs> well, that wasn't with me. It was a friend of mine, but she had a very similar oh, personality okay. and it didn't go well because yeah. at yeah. first she entertained it for a minute. She entertained it because it was like, right. this could be kind of kinky, whatever. And then it was like, yeah, <laughs> fuck this guy, right? So again, like don't sacrifice yourself for something that someone else wants that you don't. If someone's like, right. I'm really into whatever and you're like, oh dear God, guess what? Don't, man, don't. Like, so you got to be on the same page with your with your partner about that and these conversations can come up later and you're usually just naturally found out. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. But yeah, the sex thing is really important. So you had, oh, I, I want to mention, I, I did a women's empowerment project with a fellow podcaster, Karen Martell on YouTube. They're all free. But in there are lots of interviews with with authors and people who wrote books about healing themselves from sexual trauma one of them was a book called oh and it was like finding your orgasm you know getting Mm -hmm, rid of trauma mm -hmm. there's lots Mm. you know so go to women's empowerment project on youtube everybody and look at karen and ours interviews and just look at the ones that are the authors on the sex stuff or orgasms there's like a, a just tons of these authors. Like I think we interviewed at least four or five people that cool. had, uh, and they're just free interviews. They're just free. Uh, we did that a couple of years ago. How do they find that? Uh, just go to YouTube. You can go to women's. Okay. You, well, actually, you can go to riseupkickass.com, and that'll take you to the YouTube channel, or just literally go to YouTube and type in Women's Empowerment Project L. Russ, and that channel okay. should pop up with all the videos. But Karen interviewed at least cool. four or five women about right on. trauma, sexual trauma, or also just awesome. find, there's one woman on there talking about all sorts of ways to do orgasms. Like, I'm I'm learning new shit like what well, I didn't even know so there's some interesting stuff in there for free yeah that you yeah can ladies if you've at. if you've had sexual trauma holy shit like you have to deal you have to and I'm saying I'm coming from a place of knowing because I've had it and I didn't talk about it and I didn't deal with it and guess what the person who was doing this to me would tell me that they loved me when they were doing this to me and guess what happened when my husband was making sex <laughs> making love to me and would say I love you trigger trigger trigger. And now I'm in like, Ugh, gross. Please don't say that. How sad is that? Please don't say it makes that. Me kinda wanna, I am sad. I got goosebumps. So sad. So sad. Right. So uh, that sucks. You know, that's just how it was. But I like, let me share that. If you yeah. haven't dealt with your sexual trauma on your own level, because once I did, and there's a freaking journey and yes, it was plant medicines and therapists and all of it, personal exploration, all of it. Guess what I found in sex after that? innocence, innocence, clean slate, clean discovery, joy, beauty. But until that's healed, you're going to have all these weird, crazy ass, like thought patterns and triggers and all this stuff. So you've got, if you have sexual trauma, which probably at least half of you do statistically, please, please deal with it so you can find joy in sex again. 
Okay. Absolutely. No, that, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big one on the sex thing. That's a huge. And by the way, you know, not, not everyone's raised that way. There are people that are raised to be ashamed. It's a dirty thing. You know, right. there are these kind of things that don't have to do with trauma, but they have to do with the kind of stories you were told. So the reason I'm not surprised I am the way that I am is that my grandparents valued sex incredibly. And they like, wow. they were to the end, like, 88 like people were making jokes in our family like oh the you know rabbits up there like it was always a thing my parents um in fact when um we had uh some family members a male and female that were having some trouble and my mother said to my father at the time like oh i heard they're not having sex and my dad was like "Uh uh-oh then they were both like "Uh uh-oh because that is and this let me give you an example of how important it is this is a great line from a a movie called Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, you know, old Paul Newman uh, a movie. And in it, he and his wife in the movie are staying at their parents' house and they're having horrible, horrible fights. And the, the grandmother comes up to their room and she slams her hand down on the bed and she says, problems that start here, end here. <laughs> and I was like, shit, that's the best line I've heard in a movie. And like my whole, that bitch is right. She's like, grandma knows what she's talking about so you know it's a very important thing it was it was very open in my family look i had the luxury of that okay but so if you and there's some people that come from trauma and have it too but again like you said work it out we want you to get to a point where you love it it's fun and this is it should not be um and you're just going to be so much more primed for that experience and then also too um and then we'll get into the details just on the second part of like how long do you wait for sex or std testing mm-hmm. i mean i'll tell you everything mm-hmm. about that but mm-hmm. in in terms of getting clear and i um wrote a couple uh, no, it's on there. But um, so moving on from sex, I would say also too is not compromising things you want. Like, do you want to live in a certain place? Do you drinking um, any kind of substance stuff? And again, this goes to things in common. Um, what you're not willing to put up with, like, so yeah. you know, I won't date a big drinker. And so, like, if I meet people, and you can tell, and people who are really huge drinkers often try to hide it, and you can kind of tell. And so, you know, when I send someone that's kind of like a drinky type of person, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going there either because that's also something you can't fix about them. So you just can't ignore these signs and signals with people. And yeah, it goes back to and it goes back to boundaries. It goes back to our boundaries conversation. These are your boundaries. Find out what your boundaries are. So you're not just like, well, you know, I hate I, I hate this this tone of voice from like my sister or my friends or me and Dave is like, well, yeah, but I mean, he's a really good guy. <laughs> that tone. If I if you yeah, say, but, yeah. yourself, you say, yeah, but uh, when you're talking about him and then some, ju- it's over, done, please just freaking listen to yourself. Listen to that tone. That tone of voice is you out of your power justifying it's not your, your energy should be like, oh yeah, like, oh, it's amazing. That That's it. Like, yeah, you might be like, I don't know what to do about this or that or the other, but not like, yeah, but he, it, these general statements of he's a good guy, but like over, done, like listen to yourself, have some courage, <laughs> grow a pair, break up with it, move on, set yourself free. Um, yeah. Another thing, another tip that somebody gave me that was like life changing for me was, um, she had gone through a divorce and a lot of her friends had, and they gone through a lot of therapy. And she's like, girl, I'm telling you, this is like the one piece of treasure that we all pulled out of this whole experience from all of us. And it was, you can, when you date guys, you can either continue to live in comfortable hell or live in uncomfortable heaven. And what I mean by that is if you keep getting in these, like, relationships that are, you know, maybe toxic or maybe they're just like, they're just not what you're looking for. And you really, and it's like almost the same kind of guys, the controlling manipulative guys or the like no drive, like, you know, blaming guys or yeah, it's whatever it is. I bet you, if you keep noticing a pattern, this is what she told me because I definitely was leaning towards the more like the hot shot manipulative, you know, those kind of guys. And she was like, Tara, just do me a favor. She's like, the next time you have an opportunity that you're like somewhat attracted to like a guy that seems really nerdy and like not that cool to you, can you just go out with him, please? <laughs> She's like, just go out with him. And like somebody that wouldn't be like, oh, wow, he's amazing. Just a nice guy, just a normal, nice guy that is nice to you, that you're attracted to. I'm like, okay, did it. 
freaking changed the changed the game for me. I, like I was like, this is what dating can be like. He was so respectful. He was so kind. He was so genuine, genuinely interested in getting to know me. He planned dates with fun little extras and did all the went the extra mile for all these little all these little things. And it like it changed my life. So I was like, that's some damn good advice. Like so, if you keep falling into the same patterns. Oh my gosh, how about just for one try, try somebody totally different, see what you learn and extract out of that, right? So yeah, that was a date me. is not a commitment to date somebody forever. It's just a you're just meeting and getting to know someone you're giving someone a shot you otherwise wouldn't. And I've learned that too, like some people aren't really good on the phone, but you get a vibe about them. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's a good vibe and you're attracted right. to them, even if you're like, well, I don't know if they're that funny or smart or whatever, but if you're getting a good vibe and they seem like a good person, right. then yeah, you go out there because you can be talking to someone that's smart and funny, hilarious, and not get a good vibe and not want to meet them. So right. it really goes back to the gut. And I would say this, this goes, um, I was thinking about, we were talking about Will Smith on one of these things. And while I don't know Will Smith, but I would, I would say, you know, women who are like, oh my God, like a guy like Will Smith, right? And I, I would say that the reason people would look at Will Smith and go, oh my God, now we see him, like we don't know his personal life, maybe he's a terrible guy, but like what we see (laughs) of him, what is projected is one thing we do know. He's kind of like a stand-up family guy, he's been married a while, he cares about his family, he's a family guy, so that's very attractive to a lot of women. But the thing too is like, he's always happy, right? His vibe is always good vibes, like we're drawn to that. So the other side of it too is not just admiring the way you you know people think about the world but also there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that would claim themselves to be positive people often in profiles and in dating will tell you who they want to be but not who they are and mm-hmm. then you get around them and they're water cooler complainer talk all the time and you're like oh my gosh right so mm-hmm. does this person let something stressful roll off their back or not mm-hmm. and this goes mm-hmm. for guys and girls too everything we're saying can go the other way with men with sex with everything you need to also find a woman who has on the same page with mm-hmm. you you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So everything we're saying can can be transferred to to either which way you cut it. And you'll know, you'll be drained around someone that's negative. You know, are they lifting you up? How do you feel when you, we've talked about this with friends and, you know, jealousy. It's like, how do you feel after you've hung out with them? You know what I mean? Are you are you elated? Are you are you are you lifted up? Right. Um, and like you said, there's no confusion either. You know, um, I interviewed a woman. She wrote a great book, by the way, for people called the covert passive aggressive narcissist and her her name is debbie mirza and i interviewed her on the primal blueprint podcast not too long ago if you've been in a relationship with someone you feel was kind of verbally or even like subtly abuses or gaslighting you this will be a vindication book for you um but but in that scenario it's like you're you're always forgiving excusing and again it doesn't feel right and you can't put your finger on it you don't need to put your finger on it that is the finger yes Yes, that's so beautiful. Thank you for saying that. That's what I learned. I have learned that lesson. You don't have to put your finger on it. If it feels wrong, it is. It Trust is. Trust it. Trust it and go. Trust You'll get it. a prize. You get a, you know You'll how get a prize. You're going to get a prize. <laughs> yes. She speaks the truth. Listen to her. This is a wise woman. It's so true. I just did it yep. and I got prize. And, and also it was I'll freaking say hard too- and scary, but it's you get your price. You get you your do. price. And also, so I'll say like, so when I was like 20 and stuff, I would have never ever wanted or would think that I'd be compatible with someone that was like outdoorsy and athletic. Because at that time, I was just like a lazy, I was just a fat, like, didn't work out and was like, ah. Uh. So you know what I mean? Like, and I'm different now. Like, I would not right. be willing to. But like you said, I'm not looking for someone that's got an eight pack. I'm looking for someone who's just generally taking care of themselves and active. Right. And again, these are the kind of things like, and if you don't eat like if, are you expecting someone that's like into health and whatever when you're not again you know mm-hmm. try to mirror all of those things like i think i said on one podcast i was a smoker trying to find a non-smoker until i realized like i should probably just become the non-smoker that will probably end up working in it and it right. did so i think like those things are there's lots of compatibility factors but those are kind of the main ones we're talking about that are overall but again it's like if you're looking at the person you're dating with it's just like ugh because of the way they think about something, uh, that's a really bad sign. You should really look up to and admire who you are with. That is Mm -hmm. one of my biggest Mm -hmm. qualities on my list. And I have like a four pager of like, I'm so grateful now that my soulmate husband, whatever. And on there are (laughs) lists of like, you know, we make each other laugh. We have the same sexual, whatever, all the stuff. But Mm -hmm. a lot of it is, is like he's respected and admired by his peers. This is a really important thing for me. But also guess what? I am. 
Right. I'm not right. asking for something that I'm not either. I'm not right. some like shitbag that's dicking over everyone and like a total jerk and like I want <laughs> someone who's, you know, honorable and full of integrity. Like yeah. I am that person. Yep. And I want someone also who's admired and respected by their peers. Do you want to yeah. date someone that people are just like, ugh, and always getting to drama, you know? And you can right. sense this, right? And we talk about those things where you see how people are with their friends, their family. Listen, if someone if you are a guy and you you hate your mom, you got you got to work on that stuff, right? If you're if there's you're, nothing less attractive, guys, you got to work through that crap. One hundred percent. And they won't treat you right like, if they don't like their yep, mom either. That's like a deal breaker for me. I'm like, and it, it's almost a deal breaker if they don't like love their mom. I'm like, if you can't honor your mother <laughs> and the fact that she brought you life and took care of you till you were freaking 18 years old. I know she wasn't perfect. My mom wasn't perfect either. And sometimes I didn't feel loved. And sometimes I felt like she abandoned me and wasn't there for me, but I still freaking love her. And if you can't see that, you're not gonna be able to see me. That's how I feel. At least, at least that's how I am. So and that it's could like be one of the things you put out. I want someone mm-hmm. who loves their parents who has a really I, good is. relationship. And if they don't, then they've resolved it. You know, if they don't, they've, they've gotten through it. Right. So yeah. we've all, by the way, same with guys, you've got a woman who hates her dad she's got daddy issues like you got to work through that too you know my daddy issue was that and I put this in my book was that you know my dad was an alcoholic and a really fun one so people kind of excused it because he was like the cool dad <laughs> you know what I mean and so he never like beat anyone or yet like there was no like he kind of got away with murder on that one do you know what I'm saying but I looked at him with such like what a loser lost all of our money can't trust guys you know so my right. story from him I had daddy issues but the issues were about trusting men because you know, and then I really had to do the work. And that's where Calling in the One by Catherine Winwer Thomas came in because she asked some questions in there about each parent. And when I got yeah, to the questions cool. about my dad, streamers down the eyes, just, Beautiful. you know, I, I was like, shit, I got to get with yeah. this. I am attracting these things because it's what I'm expecting because this was the reflection, right? So right. so that's no fun for a guy to deal with either, right? So you got to go through scraping your own barnacles off and cleaning up your life, yeah. right? Um, it's, so, it's so worth it. So it's worth so it. And by the way, it. there's someone for everyone. I am so tired of people being like, well, that's Seriously. easy for you guys. I've had, look, I had a friend who said this to me. She goes, easy for you to say because you're pretty. I was like, that's there's no easy mm-hmm. or not easy. Because mm-hmm. I still have to choose someone else too. So just because 500 guys might be like, she's pretty and I'm, I might be available for me. I don't know that I'm going to like any of them either. In mm-hmm. fact, I find it to be absolutely equal. There are people who may not be considered your typical, you know, pretty, whatever. There's someone for everyone. There are people at 80 who Definitely. find love. There are people who are disabled who find love. Like there is, you, it's out there for you. So that's the self-esteem and- part and the work you're going to have to do on your own. But it's, out, it's available. And I see that more than are, the other. I see that more than the other. Right. And if those are the questions you're asking, like, man, think how much you're blocking. Think how much love you might be blocking. Because yes. this was, you know, for me, when my self-esteem was really, really low after my divorce, I remember, this sounds so shallow. I was, I was not in a good place. But I remember <laughs> seeing guys, I remember seeing guys that I thought would be like, I thought they were like the hottest guy I've ever seen in my entire life that are like way out of my league. And I would see him with women that seemed like to me looked, you know, average. And I was like, I remember having the moment of like, oh, <laughs> wait, could I get a guy that hot? Where You know, I remember being in that low self-esteem place of like thinking, nobody wants me (laughs) really truly like I just and it was all a reflection of me it was just all in my head it was all this not seeing myself not loving myself not honoring myself think how much I could have been blocking because I'm like oh well he wouldn't like me you know so if you're in that place like dude you might be blocking stuff left and right so start filling your cup you get your butt out to freaking nature and you start walking and you start listening and you start working on all that self-love because I think like we can block so much out of our life when we're in that place so um this is a this um, this is a bit of a, uh, pet peeve of mine. I think a little bit, um, the, the low self-esteem and the comparing because it's, I guess it just frustrates me because I see the beauty I see there. And I'm just like, it, it frustrates me because I'm like, how can you not see it? But I, but I relate to it cause I was there at one point. So just work on that. Cause now like truly, Oh, guess what else happened? Um, I used to like see my before pictures and say, Hey, like, Ooh, like, Whoa, look how I used to look gross and look how I look now. And that's shifted as my self love has filled. And so one, there was a guy that made a comment about like, wow, I seriously can't believe you looked like that before. And I was like, I was just thinking how cute I was. I mean, yeah, sure. I was chubbier, but I was like this cute little thing, you know, like I was sweet. I was just sweetheart, you know? And I was like, the fact that he couldn't see that, I was like, yep, all I need to know. (laughs) 
goodbye, you know? So, um, so yeah, like once you get that self love filled up for yourself, you, it's just like, it completely changes the game and you stop getting lost down all these like roads that you didn't ever need to go down and you start opening up gates that you had locked. I mean, it is really, really cool. The last thing I want to hit on, on this episode before, like, cause I know we might hit it, hit on it on the mechanical one, but I really want to hit this is breaking up is moving on the actual act of saying this is not an alignment for me. Now, the biggest message I want to get across here that I have learned through his experience as a, you know, lifetime people pleaser is that you have zero control over another person's feelings. You have no control over sexual desire, which is what this is. (laughs) And you have, they have zero control over your feelings. And this is for my people pleasers out there because I have wound up in crazy ass relationships for way longer than I ever needed to because I didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings because I perceived that I had that power. You don't have that power. You cannot control their feelings. You could say, Hey, this, I, I honor you. I respect you. This is not a perfect fit for me. Please don't take it personally. Don't even have to say that, but it's just, you know, I honor and respect you. It's just, this is not feeling in alignment for me. The way they react is out of your control. You could have somebody say, Hey, like, dude, I get it. Thank you for being honest. And I, I honor and respect you. And I want you to be happy on your journey. And yes, I'm going to miss you. But like, I totally respect that. Or they could be like, seriously. So you just like, you just strung me along this whole time. It's like, uh, no, I just, I've come to this conclusion, you know, but you can't control that. And please don't avoid, please don't stay in something that's out of alignment for your life to avoid that one uncomfortable conversation. Please listen to your gut and honor it. I am begging you because I lived out of alignment for so much longer than, I mean, maybe it was, I think everything happens for a reason perfectly as it does, but man, I mean, that was a long learning lesson when two months in to this crazy relationship I got in after my divorce, I was like, oh my God, what? is this, this is psycho. I have got to get out. And he cried and bawled his eyes out. And I just love you so much. And I was so scared. And, but, and I fell for that shit. I fell for it. And I stayed in for over a year after that in the whole time, guys, I'm freaking neurotic all up in my head, like <laughs> looking up stuff online. Like, is this normal? This is weird. <laughs> and I'm not talking. To anybody. And now, you know, now if you're even doing the search, you know, yeah, no. I'm like, hey, can you be my intuition for me, Google? You know, like, <laughs> you're trying so, to Google your gut. Yeah, man. It's so so like God. Like, just have yes, stick preach. to your guns. Stick to your guns, and you don't have that control. If he wants to cry and he wants to blame and he wants to throw a big hissy fit about it, you have zero zero control over that. But you got to do what's right by you. So I just, I mean, for especially for my my sweetheart little pleasers out there that have a hard time standing up for yourself sometimes. Please understand that you can't control their, their response. You can only control what you feel and you have to honor what you feel. You have to honor that because you've got a whole journey ahead of you and this could be a hiccup or it could be a freaking pit that you're stuck in forever. Like have the courage to make it a hiccup. So I yeah, just, I, I just had no, to I got, that. I got a couple of thoughts here. Well, I, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing about breaking up. Here's the easiest way for everyone to do it. <laughs> this is the best no drama way to do it. Um, and I think I said this maybe, maybe. Yes, I, I love this. Yeah. Say it so, again because right. I'm trying to tell someone so this you're the bra- other day. So you're, if you're breaking up with someone, now here's the thing. And like, you know, like it's not just a conversation about like, hey, we're having a rough patch. Like, you know, like you have to do this. Okay. Right. You never give a fucking reason. Let me explain. So mm-hmm. let's say you are breaking up with them because they're rude. Let's say you are breaking them because you don't like the way they treat you. Let's say, does it fucking matter? You're breaking up with them. You don't need to tell them they're going to be, defense is the first act of war, Byron Katie. You know they're going to, they're going to, you can't argue with, I'm just not feeling it anymore. That you can't argue with. But someone can argue with, what do you mean I don't treat you right? What about the time, oh, now you're going to go down that rabbit hole and have a five-hour breakup discussion where now both of you hate each other and you just ripped on all their bad qualities because you told them all the reasons you broke up with them for? Why the fuck would you do that? Stop being an (laughs) asshole and just break up with them. And so here's what happened. I broke up with a guy once um, many years ago. You know what? Nice guy. Okay, really. But he was kind of a complainer, a whiner. And like, there's other things about him. I was just like, I don't I didn't like the way he looked at the world. Okay, I didn't like the way that he looks yeah. at the world. So right. I knew I had to break up with him. But we 
it didn't seem like there was anything happening to like justify that. So he kept questioning me. He was like, but I don't understand. Like last week, everything was great. Like we're having a good time. And he kept, cause he didn't want it to break up. So he kept questioning. And here's the thing. Do you think I said, well, I think you're kind of a whiner. I think you're a whiny this. I think, yeah. no, no. I said, I know, I know. I don't know what to say other than I'm just not feeling it. I don't, yeah. but, 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 but I know I kept repeating. I know, I know, it's weird, but I can't help the way that I feel. I'm just not feeling that way for you anymore. Like, you're a great guy. I like all these things about you. I'm just not feeling it. I don't, I don't, but, but did something happen? Did, did I, I said, no. I, and again, kept repeating the same thing. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess where that ended up? We were friendly for years. He was a writer. I happened to have called him years later to be like, how do I do a book proposal? He gave me the information. We've been friendly this whole time. I mean, I haven't talked to him in years, but we were friendly. You know what? What if I told him the reasons I was breaking up with him? He's going to go out there and hate me and have like, what a bad vibes. It's bad juju, man. You don't need to punish someone on your way out. Just get out. Get out. And by the way, they can't argue with you not wanting to be with them anymore and having feelings for you. Can't argue with feelings. You can argue with reasons. So don't give them reasons. You know, don't. Even if they're very obvious, because who cares? You're leaving them. And people are like, well, I want them. That's the mistake I think every girl, when I have a girlfriend call me, she'll be like, and I told him that I go, well, you just... Lost the game right there. That was a fuck up. You just, no. It puts you in a weaker position too. Just, you're out. And then there's some hope for some good vibes around that situation later on or not. And I'll tell you another story too. And this just has nothing to do with specifics. But I dated a guy like 17 years ago. And we almost moved. He bought a house for us. We were very much like on this track. He had lied to me about some things. We found out. I also was going through hypothyroidism and didn't know what it was yet. So I was sick and messed up. And I'm sure my emotional gauge Mm -hmm. was all off because of hypothyroidism. Long story short, we had a bad falling out. A couple of years later, uh, I wasn't interested in ever. I was like, I'll never talk to this guy again. And a friend of mine wanted me to reach out to him for something. And I was like, "Mm." but it was my best friend. So I did the favor. We ended up connecting again. He has been one of my best friends for 15 years now. One of my best friends. I mean, he's one of my emergency contacts. Mm -hmm. I love him. Ew, gross. No, we'd have no, there's no, it's like, it's like a brother. It's like, right. Mm -hmm. We have no attraction. There's nothing there, (laughs) but we are best friends. So was that a failed operation? Right. No, it wasn't. So none of these things are failures, the breakups, whatever. They're all about teaching you about yourself, but also you never know when something like that could happen. I mean, I'm so grateful that I could have never predicted I would ever talk to him again. Like I was, (laughs) there was like no way. I was like, that's the one ex-boyfriend I won't ever talk to. And he's literally one of my closest, best friends. So again, like I can't look at that shitty situation and think like, I wish I never got into that. And so, you know, a lot of us are going to think that out of a crappy thing. Like, oh my God, I wish I could erase that whole thing. No, you learn from it. You learn more about what you want and what you don't want. And on top of that, you never know. Like, again, even with that little light breakup with that guy where I didn't tell him the reasons, who was the writer, hey. And then also, too, he's not out there. And every time he sees me in the ether thinking like these negative things I said about him that I could have told right. him all these reasons. Like, you're going to sit there and chastise someone when you break up with them? Be a get some, you know, pick yourself up. And I was gonna be like, get some ball. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. So that's the best way to break up. And people can't control that. They can't control not telling you, but you have to, you have to just keep going back to the same script. Now, on this note, I had my ass handed to me on this one. I was dating someone very seriously and we were having, and I was telling them my philosophy on this. I don't know how it came up. One of our friends was breaking up or something, told them this philosophy. And then when they broke up with me, they pulled that on me. And yeah. I was even like, but wait, I don't know. <laughs> it made just... you crazy. I'm sure it made you crazy. A little bit. But, but here's the thing. I'm kind of glad they did. Right. Because I don't know that I wanted to hear the, re- like, you know, and I would have argued with them and I'd still be today being like, ah, they were wrong. But I, whatever it was, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, it's the nicest, best, cleanest way to do it. 
So I suggest that. Yeah. Wow. This is so interesting. I mean, that's like really a groundbreaking way of looking at breakups because no one does this. Everyone's like, you did this and this and this. And no, I don't. And it's only because of you. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's like this crazy, horrible thing. And what good comes out of it? You're saying the same outcome. The same outcome as we're that's breaking up. The same Except outcome. now somebody's walked away with lower self-esteem and the other person feels like an asshole. So <laughs> like, <laughs> and it never works. It's just, it turns into an argument. And I think, you know, uh, I know I have a lady in a mastermind with me. Her name's Hazel. Ortega and she's just this is a boss babe she is amazing and she was like telling me about her parenting philosophy and she's she's Latina and she is very strong in who she is and her kids know what's up and they do what mom says and she said that she's like this is how I do it with my kids I tell them what I want them to do and they say why and I say and I tell them why and then they'll come back and they say but why and she's like one time I will repeat myself and say I already told you why and every other time they keep saying but why but why but why I just ignore them it's just silence they don't get any more answer from me and it reminds me of that a little bit of this like principle of like we want to know why we want to know why but actually like we don't they just want to wait they want a way to change it they want the it's almost like they're begging for the why so they can get control over the situation again and then now you are is arguing your point and then you get further into ripping on the person because now you got to go deeper down the hole of whatever that it's just like it's like a fucking mess it's a total disaster it's a it's a total train wreck shit show i just learned my lesson after years of dating where i was like i'm just going to end it with no reasons there's no unless the reason is so obvious like you walk in and they're sleeping with your sister like uh yeah i think we know why i left you you fucking my mom (laughs) or whatever horrible you know what i mean like i get it but other than we're getting way more comfortable on this (laughs) that's too oh yeah but here's the thing like really like i mean at, at the end of the day um yeah oh man it's just so much strife and that's being a mature taking the high road position because uh-huh. why do you need to prove yourself to them you've already right. said f it you've already you've- said no if you're actually going to make that call or make that text or whatever the hell it is and by the way i will say this with breaking up so and we can get into specifics on the next one later but so i have Guys, friends call me all the time to ask me about dating women online and what to do. If you've only dated someone very briefly, like nothing's been serious and like you've had a few dates and you're not feeling it, first of all, don't break up with anyone in person. That's kind of how I feel in general. Hmm, And I'm not saying that if you're in a marriage, you might need to sit down. But like if you're or living with a person, but if it's not, I'm um, about a phone call. And if it's very like a brief relation, Hmm. because I think it's an awkward situation to do. Oh, definitely. It's very awkward. (laughs) The the person who's being broke up with, they are like, I I would be like, fuck you. Why'd you bring me in person? Like you could have told me this over the phone. Like now I'm looking at you. Ew, like jerk. Right. So so I just did this. It was awful. Elle. It was awful. It was like, no. So you broke my rule. Yeah. No, it was in person. It was horrible. It was awful. And so then it's like you still have these feelings of wanting to like hug each other kind of, but it's and then that's weird. bad. Yeah. It, it's horrible. It's horrible, better to have so. a phone conversation, I think. And it depends on how long the relationship is. I think a phone conversation. But here's the thing. If it's someone that's brief, like you've gone on a few dates or even like I dated someone or like you date with someone for like a month and maybe you've seen them a few times, but nothing again very serious or anything, then in that case, like – I don't know that you need a phone call, especially if it's just a few dates and nothing really got beyond maybe a kiss or so. Like, and that that could be a text that. And by the way, I have it written down on my phone because all my friends are like, "What's that spiel you give again?" And the spiel is something like, um, "Like, hey, I think you're a really awesome person. I'm just not feeling the dating vibes." Right. And again, it goes yeah, back to like, I'm just was. not feeling the, the je ne sais quoi chemistry and dating vibes, but I wish you the best of luck and you're cool or whatever, whatever it is. But just real quick. And again, like, I don't think. And that could be even after a second date when you don't think you want to date the person and you're like, I don't, this is a phone call. No, it's not a phone call. It's a text. Right. That's, that's okay to text that one, right? Like, hey, I really enjoyed these past two dates. I think you're great. Right. Thanks for all the conversation. Just not feeling that chemistry vibe, but I think you're awesome and I wish you luck. Like, yeah. that is the way to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? And then if it's with something more serious, if you're living with them, maybe it's in person. If you're not living with them, phone call. If you're married, obviously in the same house, that might be it. But yeah, the in-person is... <laughs> Did you regret it afterwards? Were you like, oh, God. It was one of the most brutal experiences ever. I mean, it's just three hours of like, and I did, I didn't, I gave little reasons why, but I was like trying so hard to like still keep it positive. But then it was like, wait, what? No, I don't. I'm like, I know it's okay that you, <laughs> it was just freaking brutal. It was awful. It's like, I, it's still, I'm trying to like. Well, you get validate. more into the trap like, of giving a reason if you're in person than if you're on the horrible. phone, because you can really control that more than being with the person. Cause you don't, it's easier to be repetitive with that kind of script of like, I think you're awesome. I'm just not feeling. Cause here's the thing. 
isn't that the only truth about it, really? The one truth about the reason you want to be with this person is you're not feeling that thing for them. And it doesn't matter reason. all of the right. reasons. The, 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 the micro reasons. The micro reasons why. Yeah, fucking micro, <laughs> new word, new term. No, micro reasons why. <laughs> yeah. So so just avoid the micro reasons and get down to the truth, which is, I. Which, you know what the truth is? I don't want to sleep with you anymore. Not real. Well, usually, you know, or yeah. like you just don't want to be with that person. Like you may still be right. attracted to them, so that can always apply. But yeah, man. So I don't know. It that, does that's feel a cruel. It does feel cruel. It's like, well, I'm not sexually attracted to you, and you know, you're kind of whiny, and like you kind of see the world kind of small. Do you really want me to tell you that I feel like you have a small outlook on life? Like, right? I, oh my I, god! Like, don't I'm offend these people. That. <laughs> that I think that I don't it doesn't mean I'm right it's just how I feel and that matters so that's why I don't want to be with you but I'm not gonna freaking leave you with like hey I dumped you and here's a whole bunch of shitty stuff for you to consider about yourself yeah and that's just like pushing the hurt even further and again like here's the thing even if you're like well they deserve you know here um if anything, they're going to be walking away going, I'm glad that bitch broke up with me because she just ripped on me for five hours. Um, I want to share a couple of books that are great too, aside from aside from uh, Calling in the One by Catherine Woodward Thomas. That's a, amazing. Um, Soulmate Secret by Ariel Ford. I love Ariel. I've interviewed her a couple times. So Ariel is was one of these really high-powered alpha entrepreneurs. Like she published all of Deepak Chokra work. Like oh, she's cool. she's like, she's amazing. And one day she she woke up when she was 44 and she's like, Oh shit! I forgot to get married. Like what? I'm 44. Like what? So she used she she used the law of attraction <laughs> in her life with her business all those years, and she thought, well, what if I use the law of attraction for attracting a mate? And she's still with that guy 20 years later. It's a really great story. Wow. The audio book is great because it's read wow, by her. Cool. But that's called the Soulmate Secret. Then there's another one called Practical Intuition in Love by Laura Day, which someone recommended to me recently, and I looked through it, and that's lovely too. That has ex- such a soul examination. Those are probably my three top ones on that the other thing too is that there are great free affirmations on youtube i love you are creators with justin perry this guy that does all these great affirmations and he's got like relationship affirmation you could wake up in the morning you play it and it just has his voice being like my partner brings me so much joy like just a bunch of like relationship affirmations that are positive um and so but those those books is where i would start and then go to women's empowerment project on youtube and look at some of those sexual ones if you are having some issues there. And there and, and there are a few, like I said earlier, that aren't just about trauma, but that are even like just extra exploring your sexuality. And I guess we should mention yeah. from Paleo FX, um, older woman, um, Susan Bratton is like a sex sexpert and B-R-A-T-T-O-N. <laughs> and she, um, I mean, she... Huh, no, no holds barred with her. She is a very, she's very prolific. She's very out there um, in terms of she, nothing is off limits. And she is all about just check out her work because there might be cool. there something for you ex- for exploring yeah. your sexuality. If there's someone out there that like has had trouble having orgasms or needs to like wants to explore more of their sexuality, like she's a very sexy older woman. And her story was that and I was sitting right next to her and her husband at Paleo FX uh, last year. And she, uh, I was like, how'd you get into this? And she's like, well, my you know, I started to like, my husband and I were having sex and they started to go sleep with a bunch of other married women who were disappointed with their husbands. And I was like, hold on a minute. So she was like, I got to figure this out. Like, I don't want to lose my husband. I need to figure this out. And so she literally mm, wow. just went the entire other direction. Right. So wow. Yeah. Some, lots, some resources. Lots of, yeah. Yeah. Lots to explore there. And I'm taking notes. So we'll, so we'll get those in the show notes for you guys. But um, yeah, next episode, please don't miss this, especially if you're in the dating world or, you know, even if you're not in the dating world, there's a lot of stuff coming up here just in relationships that yeah. I think is like something worthwhile to take a look at. So join us for the next episode. We're going to go into more of like the mechanical side of dating. It should just be pretty freaking fun. I'm excited for that one. So also check out Tara's new launch of her Kelio. Yes, thank you, Kelio membership. So if you want new training plans and meal plans every month that are either keto or low carb, you can switch as you want as you go along the journey, and I give you guidance on that. That's all on my website on CoachTaraGarrison.com. Thank you, and of course, you guys. If you don't want to read Elle's book, <laughs> confident as fuck after listening to this conversation, <laughs> then I don't know what's wrong with you because I'm like, okay. I mean, I've read the book and it's freaking amazing, but I love your confidence. I love your like no nonsense attitude of like, no, listen, like unapologetic for this is how I see life and this is what I want and that's okay. But that doesn't God, mean I haven't been in horrible gaslighting, sure. yucky, abusive things for a while. I've been in them, man. So I've been mm-hmm. there. Like I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. I remember a uh, quick one. I remember three months into a relationship 
being like, oh my God, I'm dating this family member, right? Like a family member that I yeah, had. That, right. you know, and not I still, literally, I still dated them for like another eight, but like I knew in that moment, uh-huh. I saw the narcissism, I knew it and I ignored it. So I've been in those two. We've all been stuck yeah. in them. There is no shame in that. It's just like, right. let's clean that up and move on to a new vibration, a new attraction. Yep. And, yep. Um, yep. Since that has been pretty good. Yeah. Also, yes. was there something about podcasting or not? Oh, so even if you're watching this on YouTube uh, right now, you may be listening to it, but if you're watching on YouTube and you subscribe, that's great. Please subscribe. We really appreciate it. But also go to Apple Podcasts. Please write us a review. We'd love that. All yes. reviews count. And that's it. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you in the next one. 